0: Apamata and its programs are supported by your generosity, and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at Apamata.org.
1: Thank you. Well, good morning to all. Um, a couple of weeks ago at Inquiry, Suzanne Kilkes, of the Open Door uh, Sangha in Madison, which has been led for years by Flint and has newly, over the last year, come to be very deeply connected with all of us here at Appomato who've been able to see Suzanne and other practitioners there and and to enjoy what they have to offer. Suzanne said that they begin their uh, weekly services by waving to each other. I I just invite everyone to please do that, to put your view on gallery view, just wave and enjoy the other people who are connected here today. So I see some some very familiar faces and friends and others who have not met before. Bob, welcome. Brianne, I don't think we've met. Welcome. Uh, We have people here Lots, of course, in Austin, but there's one in New Jersey and one in Vancouver and one in Switzerland. And, in, oh, of course, Nancy in Dallas. So, uh, whoever I'm missing, uh, welcome. And it's so like I'm so glad to have you here. So, um, on Friday of this week, I brought in, a reading from Joko Beck that had been shared in a practice discussion group that I take part in on Tuesday afternoons with Flint and several other folks, a longtime practitioners, um, and most of them well known to me through Appamada and vice versa. It's a very intimate group with um, deep connections, and as part of that group, Sandra. Medina Bochanel had shared a quote from the new book by Joko Beck, which I don't have handy, but it's it's from the first chapter and it's Joko's Reflections on Meeting Difficult Thoughts. And she says, whatever it is, just feel it, just go ahead and feel it as fully as you need to. And um, I was gonna read that during the second sitting period on Friday. Because I love it when Peg does that, I love it when other people share things that are enlivening their practice. But I just but but as I was about to read it, I realized that I was in the presence online of people who were undergoing great difficulty. People who had lost loved ones, people facing intractable pain, people Dealing with uh, diagnoses of very difficult disease. And I thought at the time that what I had to offer would be glib and that I couldn't, that there was not enough within me to match the gravity of the situation that I would be speaking into. So I held it back. Today I want to offer something almost along the same line. And and again, I hope you will bear with me on this. Uh, Because it will sound... I I was discussing this with Suzanne Tokus later on, and uh, she's in a very difficult medical situation. And she read that quote And and I asked her how it landed, and she said, it seems kind of sharp to me, it seems kind of judgmental. I'm not going to read that particular thing now, I actually don't have it with me. But I hope that nothing I say will will come across that way. So um, I've been reading a book called Nothing Is Hidden, um, written by Barry Magic decades ago. He was a student of Joko Beck's. Uh, he's a psychoanalyst who's been practicing in New York for decades, and he started a Zen center in New York, uh, connected with uh, Joko Beck's lineage. And um, he's, you know, he's got psychol- psychotherapy as his profession and Zen practice as his real vocation, and he's he's been. He's written several books trying to bridge what he sees as the gaps between those two disciplines because he thinks they're both absolutely necessary. He's, uh, Dr. Majin says that before he trained with Joko, he was used to hearing uh in Zen in particular and Buddhist circles in general that uh psychological investigation, talking about your feelings, talking about Thoughts that arise, and so on, as mere psychology. Um, but then, we learn from Joko, he says, that Zen practice, without taking care of ourselves, without meeting those exiled and difficult parts of ourselves, self-critical voices, shame, regret, fear, without Inviting those in, that amounts to what John Tarrant has called spiritual bypassing. That We are just, we, we, we run the risk of using Zen practice, sitting practice, as another escape, like alcohol, like drugs, like whatever it is that we do to uh, avoid difficult feelings. And Zen can be that too for some people. Joko again and again. So he says that psychotherapy and psychology offer a lot of benefits for each other. He says within our modern society there's a lot of talk about, about psyche, about parts of ourselves, difficult parts of ourselves and that what we don't have in that is what Zen can offer, which is the connection to Our innate spaciousness to the fact that we are not just what our thoughts are, that we are in fact everything all at once. And so today I want to offer a meditative practice that will draw on both aspects of this. And I want to ask you to first see if you can contact within yourself the biggest mind that is there not you, you might want to talk to those parts of yourself first that resist connecting with big mind that will say oh that's trivial or I don't know what that is or whatever oh. and just open up to to think just for a moment and think about how you are connected through the air you breathe through the molecules in your body you are connected to all of life and, in fact, to all of the universe from the very beginning of time. This is not pretty talk, it's simply the truth. And this moment that you are living in, we think of it as being in a line, passing from the future into the past. This is the Break and that, that train, which is this moment and gets added on to what's going into the past. In fact, there will never be a moment like this for you or the entire universe. You are living eternity right now. It's utterly unique and irreplaceable. And as you sit here, Your body is the expression of the entire universe, married to the thoughts and feelings that you've accumulated over time. And there's both these connections that can feel so heavy and this emptiness and freedom. So I'm going to ask you to draw on that sense of spaciousness in a moment. I want to talk about a practice that I've used many times over the years. It's called Tonglen. It's a Tibetan practice uh, for dealing with difficult thoughts. involves two phases related to breathing. You breathe in, holding a difficult thought in your mind. While you're doing that, you let that thought, you you relax against, you relax your resistance against that thought. You let the thought be as bad as it has to be, as painful as it has to be. You feel it in your body. You're doing that while you breathe in. Then there will be a breath or a pause before you exhale. And you and pay attention to the beginning of the sensation of exhaling. And the sensation of exhaling, and how that is a release. And you as you breathe out, you are releasing the uh, emotional force of that thought. You're not making it go away. You are releasing it. It's going into space. It's going into the spaciousness that is you, that is all around you, that is inseparable from you. So if you feel like it, you might do tongue with a thought, a, a recollection of something that you did in the past that you regret. Breathe in, feeling the feelings in your body that arise. This is something that Joko talks about a lot. That what we call feelings are, or what we call emotions are. Uh, place in our minds, bodies, where thought joins a bodily feeling, and that interaction is very complex, self-reinforcing, mostly confusing for us, but this is something to be able to remember, that you have feelings in your body, you have thoughts in your mind, they are connecting with each other. That doesn't mean that they are eternally the same, or eternally true. So invite some feeling in, if you will, And as you breathe in, feel it heavy, feel it very hot. Sensations that you don't want, let them be there with that feeling. And as that, as that in-breath comes in, eventually it will stop. And you will come to a pause and then wait with this watching capacity in your mind, which you've already engaged with this watching capacity. Wait to feel in your body when the exhale will start. It may be very brief. It may be a lot. But when that exhale starts, holding the same thought that you were holding in heaviness and heat and the difficulty of it. Let it flow out in spaciousness, and coolness, and in the innate freedom that you have. And do that. Ten times. I'm going to offer what I know is a trivial example of myself. I'm ashamed when I bow at the bowing mat. I see how other people do it so gracefully. And I glance over at the screen and I see how clumsy I look, creaky and old and ugly I am. And so, right now I'm thinking that feeling and letting it in. And as I breathe in, it's heavy, I kind of scalded. I breathe out. It's still there, but space is around it. God is not me. If you're like me, you have a whole catalog of things that you can bring out now to feel ashamed about, to criticize yourself over. You can criticize yourself for the scatteredness of that feeling. You can criticize yourself for the way that you do everything. There's a book that I've read Says the way you do anything is the way you do everything, and this is why I shared a work, which is utterly chilling to me but since I hate the way I do things in, part, in parts of myself. There's a very active self critical part It's always going on about that. And when I think of that phrase, it's like, Oh crap, that's the way I do everything. But remember, that's not all of you. The next step in Tonglen is awakening. So, I'm sorry, the first step in Tonglen is a practice of awakening self-compassion and loving kindness. You have met a part of yourself with a practice that offers you a path toward recognition, investigation, and the non-self quality that comes from the RAIN. You know that, that acronym for recognize, acknowledge, investigate, non-identify. You offered that to yourself, and I suspect that as you're sitting doing that practice, that you will come to remember the people you love around you who often won't have had or expressed similar thoughts, similar pain. You will feel connected with them. So in the next phase of the tongue and practice, think of people that you care about. the losses they have experienced, and the fear they've experienced, and the difficulties in their lives. And maybe even the way they may, they may feel disconnected from you, opposed to you. And meet that. Meet those feelings. They come in. And then, as you breathe out, meet them in spaciousness, a connection. This is the sort of practice that could be explored over many days in a limited sense. Over many months and years, over a whole lifetime. But as with loving-kindness practice, in general, it begins with oneself, meeting all aspects of oneself. It opens to those we are closest to, and then to those we may feel neutral about, to those we have the greatest difficulties with, and then to all beings. So I would just ask you now to just sit with me for about 10 more minutes, practicing Tonglen for yourself, for those you love, for those you have difficulty with, for those you may not know, from whom or with whom you can awaken a connection our shared humanness and then finally through the whole world.
0: And at the end of ten minutes I'll, I'll
1: open this up for any reflections that anyone would like to offer. So I'm going to ring the bell three times, to mark the beginning and two times at the end. Thank <laughs> Thank you, friends. If anyone has any reflections they would like to share with this group, I'm sure it would help us all. Kim, I see you raising your hand. So, um, I've
2: been doing uh, drawings about um, spiritual friendship and in it is a drawing of life as it is, which is one of the reasons you need spiritual friendship. And so, and I was kind of astonished at what I was seeing life as it is. And so then I asked my wife, so what does it look like to you life as it is? And it was totally different than mine. mine was uh this person shooting arrows who might have been my father and she saw a stream and a forest and rivers anyway in the in the medit so that was a big surprise to me that that we're not all seeing life as it is as the same thing because i couldn't conceive of that until i heard her uh describe this life as it is but as, as I did the Tanglin practice, I was breathing in this image of life as it is, and trying to breathe out her image, which was so positive and wonderful. And that was, that was um, fun to do. So I don't know what I'm going to do with this idea that life as it is isn't one thing to all of us, but uh, I have a few more days to figure that out, I guess.
1: A certain number of days. Uh, I'm just guessing that you just feel knowing that everybody's different. Paradoxically, makes you feel more connected. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah,
2: and and you know, finally, I thought, well, well, that must be the truth. Life as it is, and it must come to one thing. And and it's really nice that. Um, even that varies as much as we all do. And that we can do something about it, which is the practice that you, the Tangman practice. We become like a filtering machine or a processing machine or something, you know, something happens.
1: We are always processing machines, but this is a technique which allows or a different kind of filtering or processing, right? What you're saying. Mostly we do this unconsciously in ways that simply reinforce our prejudices. Exactly, our yeah. Right. So we just
2: look for those things that make our view true.
1: Right. It's pretty hard to not do that. So this could be a way of not, of, of, of Opening the windows a little bit. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. I see Becky's hand raised. Yes.
3: Oh, good. Go, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I really want to say, Joel, that I appreciate the way that you introduced this. Uh, because in some of the kinds of encounters I've had before with the Tonklin, is that people introduce it by having you call up sort of the worst thing you ever experienced or something, <laughs> and um, and when you're already in significant pain or you know emotional or physical, um, that doing so is a mistake. It just makes it like worse than whatever's going on for you. And so I really, I really appreciated the gentle way that you introduced it. Um, And I was able to, able to use, use it real directly, even though at first I was sort of thinking, Oh, I'm learning something, you know, new and I need to follow the instructions exactly and whatever, you know, And instead I quickly recognize that it is that it is what I do when I'm in pain. And and the the variation for it on for me is that I specifically look to draw the in breath directly to the place in my body that is the most in pain. And that when and and I like take it right to that spot, and then when I do the the breathing out release factor, right, that it comes from that place and and leaves my body, and so I I just I really appreciated it, and then the whole process of of weaving it together with with the uh, meta uh, is is particularly good. I mean, I use those myself, but in different kind of order than that is, but I really experienced that well. And I really loved being here doing it with the Sangha. Mm -hmm. So I just want to thank you for
1: that. I'll share that with you, the, the gratitude I'm feeling being with everyone sharing this with us.
2: Rosemary.
1: Looks like uh, Rosemary is still muted.
4: Yeah, I unmuted her, but I think then we we were we were (laughs) tossing. Sorry. thank you maria. thank you maria so um I um I had two experiences recently that were kind of painful and really surprised me emotionally painful and they both involved not being able to do something perfectly and somebody trying to help me and how how um emotionally upset I got within myself that and it, it seemed to be that, it um, there was, there was shame, there was humiliating. I, I could have been 10 years old, the way I reacted within myself. I don't think it was noticeable. Um, I'll just mention the first one, I was trying to make a flower arrangement with my pots and um, a friend was there and I was just so intent on making this arrangement perfect. And I dropped a pot, everything fell out and she came running over to And, and when I did that, I just was, you know, very, felt a lot of shame and embarrassment, and she came running over to help me and I was like, don't, don't come, don't come here. So anyway, that was the feeling that I worked with today in this um, meditation. And, um, obviously, well, maybe not obviously I didn't, I didn't want to um, keep this feeling around with me, you know, it, it was really um painful and it was it was embarrassing in the moment it was embarrassing that i even had it af- after when i thought of it so it was like a double double arrow thing so today i brought it back and um it was very helpful because um just deciding to allow it to expand on my in breath um That alone um, reduced it somewhat because it was becoming less dense and then um, holding it for a second, you know, before I did the out breath and then um, continuing to let it dissipate into the air um, and not let it get away because it's obviously it's a very old entrenched thing and it will come back. But just um, allowing it to, um, I guess, have its own space and um, not um, not be so ashamed of it that I try to, you know, shove it under the rug. So it's it's there, but less intense. And um, yeah, that's what I worked with. Thank you. Thank you. I mentioned
1: I I had the opportunity to meet someone in practice discussion earlier today. And as part of that discussion, I mentioned a very powerful experience I had here, sitting on a Christian number on the other side of the room. Uh, We were visited by Kosho McCall, who was then the abbot at the Austin Zen Center, who came east. He began by saying an ancient Zen joke sat down in his his spot and he said, "Uh, so, how is Zen in the East? Being, you know, 20 blocks to the East of where you know the would be I see that that's not cracking anybody up the way it did me at the time. I thought that was so great. Anyway, as part of his talk he was talking about dealing with difficult feelings. he, He covered so much in one short talk but at one point he was talking about difficult feelings arising with himself he said he had come to realize that he could not hate them away and i think that's an important thing to to also have in connection with this with on practice is um to realize that For most of us who are not in a crisis at a given moment, if we are recalling something from the past that we don't like, we're not trying to get rid of it. We're not trying to make it go away and never show up again. We are just trying to hold it with the fullness of our capacities. I cannot imagine What Becky was describing. And as I say, what I have to offer for myself seems pretty trivial by comparison to that. And that's how I judge myself. But what you are offering, Rosemary, is not trivial. You're meeting part of yourself that needs help, and that needs love and acknowledgement. That's not trivial, and, and you can't hate it away, and you shouldn't think that by doing tonglen, this is going to make it go away. It's just a process of, of using a technique that's offered from very ancient wisdom, meeting the parts of ourselves that need to be met. So thank you. See, Delta's hand is raised.
0: Am I unmuted now?
3: Yes. Yes, you
0: are. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Joel, I really appreciate everything that everyone has said, especially your last statements that were something along the words of what most of us experience and acknowledged the capacities of most of us. But I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't remind us again um, that not everyone is most of us, that not everyone has the same capacities and capabilities to take a difficult psychological or emotional issue and bring it up voluntarily and sit with it. Um, I was so grateful to Peg when my daughter killed herself and I asked her about that. Would this practice have helped Mimi? That she said, no. I was delighted to hear truth in that moment because I didn't want the spiritual delusion that this practice helps everybody in and of itself, or that this practice even combined with psychotherapy is able to help everyone in and of itself. So that doesn't minimize this practice, not by any means. It acknowledges its full value and worth in the right context with the right skills, with the right maturity and growth. And I just wanted to point that out that I appreciate that throughout your talk you have acknowledged and Kim did too the differences in how life as it is is different for different people that the challenges we hold that are huge to us are different to different people and the capabilities and capacities are different for different people and sometimes and I just read an article on Tricycle, I don't remember where I found it. I read articles so many different places that sometimes meditation is the very worst thing that particular person can do at that particular time because they don't possess those particular skills to move forward. So thank you for letting me share that component. No, no
1: I have never done that. John? Yes. Thank you. I need to switch to the other room. Yes.
3: Okay, is that unmuted now? Yes, you are. Yes. Well, I'm not sure how to say what I'm going to say, and saying that we're all different at different times in our lives is true Uh, because I had trouble. As I I was going through it, I was using my mind to think back how I could have done it differently or how I can change and make the situation better from a long time ago. So I'm not sure I was doing what would be useful in this exercise as far as just sitting. I was not able to just sit without getting my mind involved and trying to fix it.
1: You love the truth, you're very hard on yourself about being honest and speaking truthfully and doing your very best. You love others and you want to repair relationships. That's what I'm
3: hearing. Thank you for that, Joel. I feel like listening is what I can do best right now, pick up what I can from what other people are saying.
1: That's good. I know that everyone here probably has had experience with the difficulty that you are describing. And I'm guessing that others here are feeling the gratitude that I feel towards you and the appreciation for the quality of honesty and courageous self-examination that you are that you are sharing with us. Thank you, that means a lot to me, Joel. Let us prepare for the closing sequence. I'm gonna go get the book to read from and come back to the seat.